welcome to Geeks World Live presents Press Any Key. I am, of course, your host, Michael Schluger, and this is episode 297. Uh, we have a fantastic show for you today, but as usual, let me introduce the crew before we go on. We have Josh Irwin with us. Hey, what's going on? How's it going, man? Good, good. Excellent, excellent. And Connor Howard. Hey, how we doing out there? Pretty good, pretty good. I know I'm rocking my new shirt, right? <laughs> Video nice. games uh, don't make us violent. Lag does. It's, it's very true. true. It's very true. true. Very true. Very true. That's what makes it funny. Um, so, as usual, uh, we have a couple of PSAs for you. So let's go through them super quickly. Uh, the first has to do with something we mentioned last week. Uh, Ubisoft is giving away free copies of Assassin's Creed 4 Black Flag, right? So it is free right now, I believe. It's already started. And it is free till the 18th. Okay, so if you have, if you have a PC, make a Uplay account or log into your Uplay account, and off you go. You got it. This game it's great news. It's great news because it's one of the it's arguably one of the best Assassin's Creed games that have ever come out. Uh, I've heard Origins is good. Origins is good. Play Origins soon. Find out for myself. But Black Flag is a classic. It's got it's got the most personality of any Assassin's Creed game, bar none. Oh yeah. It's just it's it's a really nice little Christmas gift uh, from Ubisoft to all gamers. It still looks gorgeous. It's really not like an old game. It came out when like two, three years ago. Yeah, like 2013, I think. Or 14? 14? I think yeah. 13, actually. It so it's, 13. it's not that old. It looks yeah. fantastic. Um, especially, and, you know, it works on even like a medium range machine that's still going to look fantastic. And you get to be a pirate. So, I mean, like, it's a win 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 situation. Can't go wrong. Yeah. Um, the other PSA we have for you uh, has to do with PlayStation. Uh, PlayStation is discounting their vr headset uh again for the holiday season so it is two hundred dollars which is a really good price actually that will net you the playstation vr the camera which you need for the vr and grand turismo sports for 200 bucks it's normally 300 for the bundle that's a good deal uh there's a couple of other ones which are priced a little higher if you want doom in there or if you want skyrim um but this is a really nice deal. It is through, I think, the 24th? Yes, through the 24th. Um, you still need, obviously, the wand controllers. If you don't have those, it's going to be a little bit extra. But on the whole, saving 100 bucks is nice. And you can use that money to buy the wands if you don't have them. So True. So, yeah. Not and I think, I think this is sort of like the, the most consumer-friendly, easiest VR, sort of, to get your feet wet. Uh, all the other ones, like the HTC Vive um, and the um, the uh, Oculus require you that the cameras all around you. This one just has one in front. And that's it. So it keeps things simple. So if you're curious about VR and you got a little extra money the holiday season, this is not a bad way to spend it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you can find those prices online right now. It's not like a special code or anything like that. Just go and look. Buy now. That's right. Uh, so having said that, let us... Oh, we got a follow-up. That's right. Uh, so obviously, uh, we talked 
quite extensively about Star Wars Battlefront 2 two weeks ago. Um, a little bit of extra news came out recently. Uh, one of the executives at EA <laughs> has basically um, hinted, essentially, that uh, or it floated the idea that microtransactions will be gone from the game, period. Now, my question is, A, do you believe him? And B, do you think that will be enough to change things around for the game? Do you think somehow like, people will be like, oh, now I'm going to buy the game and we're going to see the sales skyrocket? I am very skeptical just because this is EA we're talking about, but... yes. I, but I, I would say that it's it's a very plausible, you know, it's very plausible that they would make this admission. They would, you know, take this into consideration in as part of their business model because I think they've seen the damage that can be done when you piss off the fan base enough. I think you know we actually saw some numbers come out. I, I don't know how accurate they were, but there were you know rumors of uh, stock prices being you know being hurt. They know, definitely stock, saw a drop. Stock somewhere. value dipping, yeah. yeah. So that's hitting them in their wallet, and that's where it really hurts. And I think that could be the wake-up call they needed to kind of change course on this. But I'm never putting the possibility off the table that <laughs> they'll come back to it some other way. They'll reintegrate them some other way. So skeptical but plausible. A, a lot of people on the internet were saying that they were going to restore microtransactions on or right before Christmas the idea being that, like, a lot of um, unknowing parents or grandparents or relatives, what have you, will have bought this for their kids for Christmas. And then, you know, EA was going to capitalize on all the expected new players, basically, to, you know, make some extra money. It's what you would expect them to do. Yes, it's yeah. it's what you would expect them to do. Um, what, what what do you think, Josh? Do you think they're going to do the uh, the right thing here? No, I think what they're going to do is they're going to completely revamp all of their currency systems. And then once they have that re-engineered, then they will release microtransactions that are not quite a, quite as offensive. I don't think it's going to happen by Christmas. I think we're talking like March, April. Mm. Um, but honestly, I think that's what's going to happen. Because you look at their currency system now and nobody understands it. It doesn't make any it's sense. It's a clusterfuck for sure. So I think they'll re-engineer all of that. They'll release a major patch. It'll be promoted everywhere, and then they will figure out a way to integrate microtransactions that isn't quite so offensive. That sounds plausible as well. That's also very right? possible, yeah. It's like yeah. It, they might make it look like they're doing something to appease the, the player mm -hmm. base where it's like, hey, no, we're fixing the system. You know, It'll be easier to unlock what you want. And then they sort of sneak it back in. Like, oh, by the way, here's, some, here's stuff you can spend money on again. It's like, mm -hmm. yeah. You're gonna get some free heroes or something probably out of it, and yeah, everybody will sing "Kumbaya." It'll be okay. <laughs> that would make sense. I mean, I so I know a lot of people were very excited because there's obviously a tie-in with the new Star Wars movie that just released, and a lot of the newer Star Wars characters uh, like Ray and uh, I apologize, I haven't seen the movie, so like the names are Vin and whatever are, are in the game now. But um, I'm curious to see how the numbers are gonna you know, come out, you know, we'll keep an eye on uh, the next two weeks to see if, you know, concurrent players have gone up or if sales have gone up. Um, we're very curious on this one. It, it's still going to sell just fine. It's a Star Wars property and most people don't care or know what's going on with it. So 
It's fair. It's fair. So we don't have a lot of what the fuck story is this week. So we are going to keep the juicy, juicy what the fuck story is for the end. I apologize, but I promise you they're worth it. Um, instead, let us talk about another company that is having a really, really phenomenal year and is forcing me to eat a little bit of crow. I'm not going to lie. Uh, that is, of course, Nintendo. Uh, the Nintendo Switch has now sold 10 million copies, 10 million units uh, of the console have sold. And that is insane when you think about it, um, because the entire lifetime of the Wii U, which was how many years? Four or five years? Five, I want to say. It's 2012, I think. Yeah. So, yeah, five years. All the Wii U's together uh, sold, I will tell you right now. 13.76, wasn't it? 13.56. 13.56. So they are almost up to the lifetime sales of the Wii U in less than a year. Which is in-fucking-sane. That's uh, pretty goddamn impressive. It is. It is. I remember when we were, they announced that their goal was to sell 2 million uh, in like uh, one month. And we were laughing at this number and saying, like, never going to happen uh, and whatnot. And then so, I bought one. <laughs> right. Uh, and so, sort of to give us some perspective, the Wii uh, sold a little bit more uh, in just at the same time frame. Uh, the Wii sold 13.17 million um, in 10 and a half months. So very close. Not quite well, but very close. Uh, my question to you guys is, where do you see the Switch going from here? Do you guys see, uh, do you think this is like, uh, we haven't peaked yet? Do you think that there's still, you know, a lot of sales left? Or do you kind of see a Wii situation where obviously the Wii sold like bananas for what was it, the first two three years because it just kept flying off the shelves and then flatlined almost because there's no interesting hard there's no interesting software coming out for the system there's no way that they can recreate the mania of the wii i mean if you think about it first the wii had way broader appeal and second of all like it took two years to be able to see them on store shelves at least right now you can see switches on store shelves um, but they have a lot of momentum, and I think they're going to carry that momentum forward. Um, I don't see it slowing down anytime soon. Um, I get asked probably once a week from people at work what what uh, the Switch is like and if I would recommend it and mm. all that other stuff. And I sing its praises. I really do like my Switch. So um, I, I don't know. I think it's a new way to play, and I think a lot of people are really digging it. It's so interesting to <clears> me <throat> because obviously the Nintendo Switch is essentially – a um you know shield. an nvidia an nvidia shield that got like a nice paint job done essentially to it and the, the nvidia shield never had these numbers but obviously also didn't have nintendo's titles behind it so it's very very interesting um connor what's your take on on the switch uh, yeah i was i was thinking at first that i wouldn't be surprised if the wii u or, i'm sorry the switch like uh kind of replicated the success of the wii but thinking about it more I think Josh is right that you can't really. I don't know if they'll ever really retread that same ground because I think you were right, Josh, that the Wii just had the original Wii just had such general appeal to like literally anybody. It was like the new. I don't know. 
back when the television was new, every family wanted one in the, in the living room. I think mm. the Wii was kind of the new thing that everyone wanted in their living room, no matter if they play video games generally or not. Uh, and the Switch is a little bit more of a specialist sort of thing where you kind of need to be more of a hobbyist to appreciate it as much. But that being said, I, I think just the fact that stores can't seem to keep their switches in stock like speaks to how much momentum they have. I think we'll have to wait until uh, the number, the final numbers come back from this current holiday season. And you also need to factor in like early January when people are spending gift cards and stuff. And just gonna, it's just going to keep chugging along at a pretty good healthy sales rate. Um, so I'm expecting <laughs> these numbers to climb a lot. Uh, I don't think it'll be quite weeks we successful, but you can tell Nintendo learned a lot of the lessons they needed to learn from the Wii U, and I think they've they've delivered what people wanted, and that's that's showing in the numbers. Well, I mean, I, look at look at the 3DS. How many units did the 3DS sell? It was like 60 million. Something unbelievable, yeah. Un- unbelievable, and, yeah. and the Switch has the potential to get that high. I mean, it really does. I agree. I, I have to agree with you guys as well, um, as much as it you know makes me want to. I know it kills you inside, Mike. (laughs) It does. It does. Uh, But no, I'm happy to see Nintendo doing well. I I will say this. um, I think a lot of people were very, very skeptical um, coming into the launch of the Switch. And I I don't mean just like consumers. I mean, a lot of developers were very skeptical uh, going into it. And so uh, now that the system is doing so well, we're starting to see more and more developers say, oh, shit, I need to get my game out onto the Switch. Uh, but what what that means for us is that they're starting development now, or they've started development uh, in the last two, three, four months, and we won't have an you know actual game to play for another year minimum, uh, potentially more for you know AAA titles. And so, my concern is that there's going to be some sort of drought. But even if there is, like let's say a half year drought of AAA titles. I think uh, it won't matter. Uh, there's so much momentum behind it now that the hype train is just going to keep rolling on. And I think Nintendo probably is going to have a couple of more things. They were very, very smart. Um, and I commend them for releasing Zelda and then waiting a while to do Mario. That one-two punch is just phenomenal and i think it's driving very strong sales it's this it's this also it's this weird thing it's this brilliance that so when the ps4 and the xbox one came out the discussion was who had higher frame rates who had a higher resolution um and it was like oh i'm gonna buy that console or i'm gonna buy that version of that game because it looks better it runs another frame or two faster but people who already own ps4s and xbox ones when a new game comes out they're like man i really wish i could get this for my switch Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? It's a really strange thing. Like, for instance, like the new South Park. I would love I would have bought South Park if it was out on my Switch. Um, I did not buy the new Wolfenstein because I knew it was coming to Switch. And it was really? like I, Yeah, I was like, I I'd even though you know objectively it's gonna look better on your PC or PlayStation or whatever, you're gonna save it for the Switch. Yep, and I'm not the only one either. The guys on the giant bombcast, also the people on uh Rooster Teeth. Like every time I listen to one of their podcasts or watch one of their shows, they say similar stuff. They're like, man, I just wish this was on the switch so I could take it with me. That's interesting. Yeah. I I wouldn't have thought of that. I I think that plays into what I was thinking of is just that I'm not too worried about a drought on the switch when it comes to the game library, Mike, it's a valid concern for sure. But I just feel like people 
who follow Nintendo, Nintendo fans and owners of Nintendo consoles, they they tend to tolerate software drought a little bit better than like a, a Sony or a Microsoft purist or a PC gamer would, because I think Nintendo fans tend to be a little more patient because they just expect the best games to be first party titles that come out less often. Mm-hmm. So I think they're better at waiting. And it's also less of a problem for the switch because like Josh pointed out, you've got all this crossover stuff coming from, you know, Skyrim, you've got uh, Wolfenstein, you've got, you know, all kinds of, I'm seeing actually a pretty good amount of third party titles for the switch as well. Like, uh, you know, I think it was like has been heroes is a really popular yep. little RPG that I know some people are playing stuff like that, where it's like, I'm actually surprised that it's a fairly strong library. I am set better, to better than I expected on a Nintendo console. You know? Yeah, so. I mean, Nintendo did a, a really good job of getting a bunch of uh, third-party ind- independent developers onto the console and getting them the support that they need to port things over. Um, and obviously, because it's based on again the Shield and, and Android, I think Undercurrent, it's not super hard to get things working mm-hmm. on that structure. Um, I'm also thinking that. Potentially, it's it's possible for a quick upgrade in the life cycle in that we might see like a Switch 1.5 or something like that I think um, we will. Um, come out within like a year or two, yeah, especially probably. because NVIDIA has a stronger, more powerful, um, car- not cards, but chipsets coming out um, or we're in the process of coming out for the for the shield when they sort of discontinued that to partner with nintendo so and they could fix some of their design flaws like where the charging port is if you want to put the kickstand up or you know supporting bluetooth headsets or you know there are so many little things that they can improve that would really make it a much better experience and if they did those things i would trade this one in and get another one bald words i will i will uh so yeah i mean listen nintendo like job all done you know Credit where credit is due. Keep up the good work. Um, our next topic has to do with crossplay. This was rather interesting to me. This happened um, during the uh, VGAs, which we're going to talk about in a moment. But I wanted to, to talk about this um, thing specifically. Uh, basically, uh, you had a developer that was in an unscripted moment, just kind of decided to go for it. Uh, during the video game awards, he basically said that gamers want crossplay, and we are committed to doing whatever it takes to make that happen. Players deserve it. Um, and so, obviously, this was the developer of Fortnite. Fortnite uh, already proved, accidentally, so to speak, that crossplay is possible between Xbox and PS4. We know that it's only Sony who's basically acting as a bottleneck. Um, do you guys think that now there's enough pressure on Sony to cave in and allow for the crossplay, or you still think, you know, Sony's just going to be like, whatever, fuck you all, we're not going to do crossplay? They lead by too much as a significant margin to even give a shit. Yeah, it's like yeah. three to one, right? Just three about. to one. Yep. Yeah, you gotta. They they're definitely wondering what's in it for us. Like, why would they make that a leap? It's kind of like putting their neck out on the line for a very dubious benefit. Mm. And I'm, I'm curious what this guy, where he's getting the demand from. Like, I'm just, I'm not too sure. I know a lot of people who really want console crossplay all that badly. I know it's not something I've really 
thought about like, hey, that's something I want. It doesn't really occur to me. Now, mm. on, in theory, just on paper, it sounds like that'd be cool because, you know, it's more people to play with, a better player base. Like, you'll have maybe fewer dead games where, like, the servers are empty. I would say, because- how often are you playing massively multiplayer games? Games like Fortnite, PUBG. Like, Fortnite just recently introduced the 50 on 50 map, which I know upset Josh because they were blatantly <laughs> stealing from PUBG, but... Um, rip off, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, like Battlefield, for example, um, on the PC side has these massive, how, how big are their maps? Like 50 by 50, 60 by 64 60. players. <laughs> 64, that's right. 64 yeah. by 64. So, um, imagine how much easier that would be to do on the console side if you were doing cross play between two consoles instead of just one. Right. Well, that's other- what I'm thinking is like that that would be cool just to expand the player base. But again, it's like not something I'm really it's not a priority for me. Mm. So and I'm wondering how many other people it is a priority for. Mm. The, the other thing is like I know people who got into the gaming got into gaming with the Xbox 360 generation. So when the Xbox One came out, they were like, Oh no, I'm an Xbox guy, and they went out and bought Xboxes mm-hmm. without really thinking about it. And then so they're stuck over at Xbox Land, can't really afford to get a PS4. And so they've got a smaller number of people to play with. And mm. it, you know, it frustrates friends, you know, that they can't play with them because they don't have the same console. So it would come in handy whenever you've got that stubborn friend who swears by Microsoft or just, you know. The whatever. other thing I would say is that the few times that I've seen a cross-play experimentation between Xbox and PC players, it doesn't tend to end well or be very successful because of obviously the the massive difference usually in the control scheme, you know, mouse keyboards versus controllers. Um, and I imagine that many uh, PC players are hardline and most uh, console players are not hardline at all and they're Wi-Fi. So you have very, very big latency differences when it comes to online games. That's so important. Right. Console PC crossplay, I feel like could never work, or at least it would it would not work on the current technology. Like you, you, there would have to be a much finer line between the capabilities of a modern console and a modern PC. But I feel like PS4 and Xbox One, I think, are comparable enough to support it. It very much so. It really is a question of like, why would the developers like, why would the I guess the hosts, you know, in this case, Sony and Microsoft, why would they go out on that limb? You know, it's really I, a problem. I will tell you what I think is going to happen. Um, I think that Sony is going to hold off until they are close to releasing the PlayStation 5, whenever that is. And about two years before they release the PlayStation 5, they're going to cave and they'll be like, okay, fine, here you go just to get that sort of goodwill going and then come out with the PlayStation 5, but not to cross-play on it. Hmm. And they'll be like, you know, oh, look, the cross-play didn't do so well because obviously demand for it is now. People are going to move on and think about this kind of stuff. And then once they finally allow cross-play, they'll be like, see, we did it, but no one really cared. No one really did. No one played. It's not important to, to our consumers and we're not going to do it with PS5. Okay, maybe yeah. That's what I see. That's what I see happen. I don't know. I'm. I know I'm putting on my tin, my tin, but that's, I could. I could see it. I see you, Sonny. I see you. Um. 
So <laughs> since we're talking about the VGAs, let us talk about the VGAs. Uh, I don't think anyone here actually saw them, right? No one, no one watched them. A, a little bit of it, yeah. Really, uh, a little bit. Would you? What? What was your takeaway, Josh? Uh, that they're kind of useless. Why are they useless? Well, because so you've got this award show that like they take some of the awards and in the quote unquote breaks, they announce the award and then they go back to the show to do an advertisement or uh, promote something that is not an award that is ostensibly what the show is about. What were they promoting again? Because I have, I have not watched it. Uh, what were they promoting out of curiosity? Like, well, I mean, you know, cars got, or like what were they? No, like you, you've got all the Death Stranding stuff. You've got. Um, oh, like, so they were acting as a hype machine. You mean for they like, were acting stuff? as a hype? Yeah, they were acting as a hype machine as opposed to making the awards the front and center thing. Mm. So okay. I, I don't know. I just didn't care for that myself. I, I think it's, I think it's kind of dumb. I think it's kind of useless. Plus, as a gamer, like I have. I have the outlets that I like to listen to. So like I, every year I listen to giant bombs debates on their game categories. And like, that is my, that's the thing I like at game of the year is to hear them argue and present their arguments and do their bargaining. And like, I like that side of it. I don't necessarily care about reading the lists of what the game of the year is. It's so interesting that you mentioned that because obviously video games are a visual medium, no brainer. So you would think that, uh, if you had a video game awards show, it would be like, you know, it makes sense. Everyone would tune in. But I think as gamers, especially, I don't know, maybe maybe the younger generation is different, but as older gamers, I'm used to reading, right? Mm-hmm. I'm used to reading about video games. And so um, while for me it's not Giant Bomb specifically, I'm more likely to read a best of list by PC Gamer and Destructoid and Ars Technica and take away from that, uh, you know, what I want to play or what I want to pick up that I haven't picked up yet, as opposed to tuning in and watching this, which is on like Spike TV. Like who the fuck watches Spike TV? I I haven't watched Spike TV in years and years. I don't think it's on Spike anymore. It's not on Spike? No, the the last two years it's internet only. Oh, that's even, yeah, okay. Mm Because Jeff Keighley took over as, like, they they kicked it off a of spike, and then Jeff Keighley was like, I'm going to do it anyway, put it online. So mm. that's, that's how it is now. Gotcha, gotcha. All I right, make well, my own video game awards show with uh, Mountain Dew and Doritos and hookers and blackjack. And, you know what? Forget the awards show. <laughs> uh, at least they didn't have Joel McHale on again, because that was... That's, that's true. I'll give you awful. So, what an asshole. So let me ask you guys this then coming off of um coming off all the announcements was there anything that caught your eye or anything that interested you interested you of what was announced or did you feel that any of the actual awards were well earned I mean um, I obviously Breath of the Wild has I mean that I I've been trying to play Skyrim again lately why and it's so hard because Breath of the Wild did it so right. Do you know what I mean? Like it immediately makes Skyrim feel dated. Outdated. I wonder. I wonder why a game that's almost a decade old would feel dated. It's but I, even I can't even figure up, it out. Even up until a year ago with Fallout Four, the mechanics of Skyrim worked right. Like that was it was the accepted way that an open world RPG was. Um, but uh, I don't know. Zelda just. 
like you get it, like you play another game and you want to be able to climb up everything and explore things and like see things that make you curious. And like, you don't get that feeling or that sense of wonder from any of the other games. So I, I, I feel like breath of the wild, you have to give a shout out to breath of the wild. Mm. So it deserves game of the year. I, I, I really believe that. And I think Mario Odyssey is a close second because it does a lot of the same things. Right. Right. Um, what about what about you, Connor? Anything kind of stand out to you? Uh, I can't. I really can't say. I'm surprised that game of the year. I mean, Breath of the Wild is, you know, it's an achievement. Obviously, I I haven't played it, uh, so I can't speak subjectively. But it's like, I'm a little. I personally, just me, I think Horizon Zero Dawn deserved game of the year. Personally, that's just. Just because I've played it and I love the hell out of it, but I really can't compare the two fairly. That's just me. That's just my first thought. But I mean, no, I'm I'm happy for the Zelda team because Breath of the Wild is an amazing looking game. Um, I, I'll say that I'm really happy that Hellblade: Senua's Sacrifice was was recognized <laughs> for something because that's also a really impressive game, just in terms of, uh, I guess, um, sort of the motive behind it and the way it, way it presented its story. That one to me was sort of like uh, very surprising to even see it because while I certainly heard good things when that game first came out, um, I haven't really heard too much continual buzz about it. Yeah, Um, it was a little under the radar, which is why I'm really happy it was recognized. Like I even forgot that it was a thing, you know? Yeah. It's down to, like this game came out this year, it's already down to 30 bucks on Steam, so... I think it launched at like forty though. I don't oh, think it was it? a full price game when it came oh, okay. out. Yeah, I think sure? it, was a, it was a forty dollar game when it came out. Yeah, that's what I figured. Um, but seeing that is nice because I feel like in general, uh, shows like this, events like this, are just kind of like they're popularity contests. If we're if we're gonna be perfectly frank about it, sure. like, it's all popularity. So like, um, uh, Cuphead is you know it's cool, but like, did it really need like all those awards about like? best indie debut and stuff like that. There have been so many great indie games this year that like, I'm just, it's just like, it's popularity. It's not based on quality. And so if you really, I mean, I'm not saying that Cuphead's a bad game and didn't deserve awards. But I'm just saying it like it overshadowed so many also deserving indie games. I feel like just because it was sort of that game that everyone knew about for a few months, you know, it's just sort of the it thing. It's like, there's like an it factor that decides these things to me more so than actual merit. Not to say that they don't have merit. It's just like, that's not what drives the decisions is like that. That's what I have a problem with. Like merit isn't the sole factor. It's also popularity. How many people are talking about it, how much buzz a game has. That seems to be the deciding factor behind a lot of these awards. I mean, I'm not going to say cuphead doesn't deserve best independent game. It's just like, it sticks at me because I'm like, there have been so many great independent games this year. That uh, I mean, so th- I don't have a problem with most of these. It's like best action game. Wolfenstein Two was awesome. I actually just got done playing it. Awesome, you know, action game. So yeah, it's just like it's fine. I get it. I get most of these. It's just like I will say one thing though: best multiplayer. PUBG got best multiplayer. I'm still like trying to understand how that works because it's like, dude, that's an unoptimized bullshit mess that's not even released yet. It's awesome. How is it? That's so good. How is it best multiplayer? It's not even released yet. It's this it's buggy. So good. It's this buggy, like full of glitches and crap. It? It's like I don't. I, it's it's so good. That's what I, that's what I mean though. That's what I mean though. Quality doesn't matter. 
It's all it's popularity. So but but you, you popularity, haven't answered the question. Good. Have you have you played it? No. Okay. Well, no. That, that, so that's again, all we need I'll, to know then. I will temper I will temper my criticisms accordingly. I haven't played it, but I've seen it. I'm just sick of hearing about it. It's like I'm seeing it everywhere. <laughs> Everyone's playing it. Well, and that's, there that's, might that's, be a reason for that. No, Maybe. no, that's what I mean though. That's, that's what I mean though. Everyone's playing it, and that seems to be the deciding factor in these awards. That's my point. But there's back a reason to it. Why, why everyone's playing it. You should definitely check that out. But I coming will... back to my point, it's about it's not about quality. It's about popularity. I don't it, know. I, I if you if you t- if you fighting to words. The, yeah, if you listen to like Cuphead, for instance, I'm not saying it's game of the year, but if you listen to how those people made that game, they made something that nobody has ever made before. They literally hand drew cells, which is awesome. Yeah, and program like. In a specific art style, everything is hand drawn. Like the whole, the way that they did that game has never been done before. They've created like almost a new genre. They they didn't like cheap out with it by like by cell shading some basic pixel art. They like they really went for it. And what they came up with when you look at it and watch it in action, it's just like, wow! I can really see where where the quality went into this thing. Do you know what I mean? Okay, I get that. I, I get the, I get, you know, the recognition it's, it's worthy recognition, especially for art direction for, to win best art direction. Cuphead makes perfect sense to me, but like mm. when you just take it at the value of gameplay where it's like, yeah, it's a side scrolling 2d shoot 'em up. I mean, it's a well, it's a well executed one, but it's not like that's super original as far as mechanics go. And, and, I don't know. Maybe I'm just sour on it because, like, all I hear is just it's the Dark Souls of of shoot 'em ups. Like, I'm like so sick of hearing everyone compare any hard game, like any game that's moderately difficult now, is the the Dark Souls of whatever genre it is. I'm fucking sick of it. It's like Dark Souls. No, it's it's a it's a game that challenges you. Like, stop. I don't know. That's that's annoying to me. That might have soured me on it. But it's like <laughs> I get it. I get it. It's just like maybe it's stuff. Maybe it's because I haven't played these games that I will tell I have you, a hard time understanding the decisions. Maybe I, I hear where you're coming from. Uh, I do want to take a second to talk about what I thought was the weirdest category that this was a category in the award show, and that is best Chinese game. That was a yeah, category. That was a weird category. <laughs> I, I noticed that too. Best though. Chinese game is a game called JX3 HD which of course means nothing to us in the West, but apparently this is sort of a remake, uh, like an HD remake of a, of a popular MMO that came out in 2009. And this is just so random to me. Like, yeah. Why, like, why is this even there? Are they getting a lot of Chinese people watching a Western games? Is, yeah, Josh, is it just advertising? Is that what you mean? Like, I'll, I'll bet you the Chinese investors are helping fund the game awards. I'll bet you. That's an interesting. Uh, well, they've got their money in Hollywood and everything else now. I bet you they've got their money too. So interesting, interesting. Did not think yeah, of that would explain a lot. Okay, all right, that's fair. Uh, but yeah, so I mean, like you can you can YouTube this game. It looks like a very sort of heavily uh, based around Chinese legends and tropes and that sort of thing. MMO, so you've got a lot of swords and daggers and jumping around and stuff. So check grinding I mean, levels, probably. Yeah, I, I I know nothing about this game beyond a few YouTube videos I've seen, but uh, I was I was surprised that this was even the thing. Um, 
I do want to just for the in the interest of time, though, I do want to uh, keep it moving. Um, but before I do, I want to address actually a comment that came up on our feed. It talked about how um, some developers are rushing to get their stuff out onto the Switch, and because of that, they're a buggy, horrible mess. And the example they they gave was a uh, WWE 2K18, um, and yeah, I think that's going to happen. I think it's going to happen a lot. Um, I think those games won't sell well. And then hopefully <coughs> the developers will learn to, uh, you know, actually QC their stuff. Hopefully. Fingers crossed. We'll see. Mm. Um, so, uh, oh, yes. All right. So the, the last regular topic um, of the show has to do with Shadow of the Colossus. I, I thought this was really interesting. So um, they announced a uh, remake of Shadow of the Colossus again. <coughs> um, and I, I'm pretty sure this was announced back at E3, if I'm not mistaken. So the announcement itself isn't new, but w- what is new is now we, we get like a video that's really showing us like a side-by-side comparison of uh you know PlayStation 2, PlayStation 3, PlayStation 4. Um and obviously there's a real progression because you're going from you know from generation to generation to generation. Um my question is do you guys feel like we need a remake of a remake? Is this a thing that we should have? Um uh, sorry, go, go ahead. Connor. No, you go first. It's just as I, I'm, I'm a huge, huge fan of this game uh, from back in my PlayStation 2 days. And, right. you know, with that perspective, I personally, honestly, don't need a PS4 Pro version. I'm, it's cool that it's happening. I'm glad that it's happening. But honestly, if I felt like playing Shadow of the Colossus again, I could blow the dust off the old PS2 I'm sitting like five feet from and I could play it again if I wanted to. If I, I like really it. wanted, if I really needed more up-to-date graphics for it, I'd go get the PS3 version for like however much I could pick it up for a GameStop or whatever. Um, I I don't need a pro version. I'm excited to see what they do graphically with it, but I'm not going to run out and buy it. And that's as you know, a huge fan of the game. I, I'm interested in what they mean by remake, though. Like it's interesting that they choose the word remake instead of just remaster. Because we've, we've been getting so many remasters over the last few years. It's like I'm, I'm used to that language, like, oh, remastering this, remastering that. But the fact that they're calling it a remake is interesting to me. I think that what they mean by that is they're actually redoing everything in a different engine. Is that what they're doing? Or is they, it... They well, have, they have they're, to. Yeah, they're completely rebuilding the game from the ground. Right. And they're even so adding that, that... new Colossus, supposedly. Okay. Two two new classes, I think. Okay. Well, that's interesting. So I didn't know about the new bosses part. So like, okay, I might change my answer then because like that, I it, it, I think this is a great opportunity for for someone who hasn't maybe like me who hasn't played a remastered version of it before. Because I, I picked up the PS3 version when it came out. What's that? I picked up the PS3 version when it came out. Right. So I didn't I didn't get the PS3 version, but this is probably a good entry point for someone who hasn't played it in a long time and wants to sort of revisit it. So that's kind of cool. It's like a revisit of an old classic, but sure. really doing some new stuff with it, which is like new bot, like new Colossi. That's pretty exciting. So I'm not liking that. 
<coughs> this is one of those games that I always end up with a copy of it with on whatever it's released on. So PS2, PS3. Um, and I always tell myself, well, everybody loves it, so it must be good. So the first time I played it, it must have, I just must not have been in the right mood. Okay, well, the second time I played it, I must not have been in the right mood. Okay, no, this game sucks, but I'm probably going to buy it for the PS4 because I'm an idiot. Um, it's, <laughs> it's, it's honestly a game I've never really, like, I've never, I've never gotten its appeal, even though I own it on everything it can be owned on. That's so, so that's, strange to me. So why do you keep buying it? Then? I don't, it's, dude, it's like Borderlands. I own Borderlands 1 and 2 on literally every device I have. <laughs> you you want to love it, but you just I, I want to love it. I, I just I can't bring myself to you, you really can't force these things, Josh. It's just like I mean, I, I know what it's like where you feel like you have to like something because it's so ubiquitous that everyone, you know, can't shut up about. But Shadow of the Colossus to me is one of those games where like if you don't <sighs> admire the simplicity of it, then it's just not gonna click with you. Some people just don't really get the I mean, I'm not saying you don't get it, it's just more like you kind of have to appreciate like just this the minimalist kind of artistic approach of it, like the music, the atmosphere, See, the creature I, design. I like love, I loved Ico. I loved Ico when it came out on PS2. Okay. I bought that on launch day and loved that game. Right. Um, but Shadow of the Colossus was always this mess of bad controls and bad camera, and like I could just never get over it. I will give you the the controls could have been way better. Hopefully that's something they maybe address in the PS4 Pro version. That'd I'm be sure nice. they will. Yeah. So yeah. that's why I'll probably end up with it because I'm going to convince myself, well, they must have fixed the camera. No, 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 no. That that new game that they released that still had a bad camera this year was just a fluke. The, the new one. They're going to fix the camera this time. The, the interesting thing to me is that if you look at the comparison video, you can see the first two are are kind of gray right? They sort of just have a very, the tone is very gray and that matches with the game. The game is dark, somber, um, kind of depressing. I don't want to say depressing, but depressing is the wrong word, but it's, um, it's not a happy game, right? It's a little it's, muted. Yeah. And uh, this one, the PlayStation 4 version, you're seeing a lot more color, a lot more green and, and a lot more brightness to it. And uh, I wonder uh, how much, uh, if at all, it's going to impact like someone's perception of the game? If that makes sense. The color yeah. palette's a lot closer to Breath of the Wild. I wonder if that was a purpose was on purpose. Yeah, I'm actually I'm actually pretty happy to see they're using color vibrantly in the pro version. Uh, I'm looking back on the P like the original PS2 version. It was more like uh, it was very neutral tones. It was very uh, kind of almost sepia looking. It was like yes. It, yeah, it was somber. It had a somber sheen to it. But I'm like, now I'm wondering if that was a coincidence or they sort of went that direction to sort of hide how little processing power they had to work with back then. Or well, back then, for both. sure. Yeah, but this is this is an interesting take on it where they they are able to inject some more life into it, and hopefully that doesn't throw off the tone of the game. I don't think it will, but it'll be interesting to see how the like the just the visuals have a different character to them so then so uh connor you're you're you say you're going to pick this up and josh you pretty much i i might interesting i probably will i'm an idiot i might is there is there i just out of curiosity uh is there any other, um game that you could see yourselves 
I mean, uh, you know, I, I know you mentioned Borderlands already, but is there anything else that you could see yourself like picking up several times over, like the same game, essentially? You know, if they ever remastered Final Fantasy VI or remade Final Fantasy VI, I could see myself getting that again. Well, they did release it for mobile right now. Oh, yeah, but that was all. They changed the art style. It looked awful. Um, Lately, I've been tempted to check out the PS4 version of uh, Final Fantasy, or sorry, Resident Evil 4, because Resident Evil 4 is one of my favorite games of all time. Uh, that one's and, been like ported to so many. Times. Yeah, it's been ported and redone so many times. But like, I just recently found out that they ported it to PS4. I didn't even know that. It must have slipped under my radar. But that's something I'd probably pick up again. Interesting. Um, Sleeping Dogs. If they brought it to the Switch, I'd buy Sleeping Dogs for the Switch. That'd be cool. I actually just recently played Sleeping Dogs on that's PC. A, that's, that's a that's game that I, I haven't heard Sleeping Dogs in a while. It's, it's a it's a well done game. I. Think. Um, it didn't do very well when it first came out. It was too too much of a GTA clone at the time to really so good. It so it was good. seen as a GTA clone, but it had so much character to it. Like it I have the definitive edition on Steam and it's it's great, man. Definitely. Definitely. Um all right, very very interesting answers here. Um well, for those of you that have stuck around uh or maybe you're just cheaters and you skip to the end, I don't know. Um, we do have some great what the fuck stories for you. Uh, and <laughs> the first one involves Pikachu, specifically Detective Pikachu. Now, what the hell is Detective Pikachu, you might ask? That's an excellent question. It is a question I am asking myself all the time, actually. Um, it's a live action. CGI. Well, actually, it might not be. It might not be live action. I think it's just CGI. It is both a CGI animated movie uh, and a video game that came out uh, in Japan and now appear to be being ported over to the West. What makes it really, really weird is that Pikachu talks in this one, like a lot. Um, in if you watch the original Japanese version, he's talking <laughs> Japanese, and I cannot describe to you how weird and surreal it is to not have anything other than like Pika and Chu coming out of this thing's mouth. It is just so, so weird. Um, and to add to the weirdness factor, uh, by the way, uh, this is true. When this game, when the movie was first coming out, a, a campaign was launched to get Danny DeVito to voice uh, Pikachu in the US. Uh, that didn't happen, but Ryan Reynolds is going to be uh, voicing Pikachu in the movie, supposedly. <clears throat> did you guys? Did you guys watch like the little Japanese trailer? A long, a long time ago. I it's, did not. No, it's super weird. Like I don't know what the exact plot of this thing is beyond like. Someone is hurting Pokemon and Detective Pikachu is on the case, but god damn, this thing is weird. They should have gotten the guy who played Mr. Drippy and uh, Nino Kuni to play Pikachu. That would have been good. That would have worked. I could, yeah, I could sure. see that. Um, no, look at that. It, I'm not, I'm not wrong. It is live action. It's just that the Pikachu is CGI. Um, it's also going to have Justice Smith. 
from <laughs> Jurassic World's Fallen Kingdom and Catherine Newton from Big Little Lies in this one. And it's going to uh, apparently come out uh, sometime around Mother's Day in 2019. So you can take your mom to see Detective Pikachu. You're welcome. I mean, as much as I like Ryan Reynolds, uh, I'm actually really sad now that we'll, we might not ever hear Danny DeVito voice a Pokemon. I, I actually... I, that's kind of a dying wish of mine now. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because you, if you listen to the Japanese voice for the character, it's sort of like a... a deeper older japanese male voice it's not even like a cute boy or a cute girl voice it is like an older man that sounds like he should be smoking a cigarette or something like that so within that context danny devito would work he's your man and it would That's be hilarious man. yeah but i mean i'll take ryan reynolds in the pinch what but, if, <clears throat> what if it leads to like a joke in deadpool 2 because I think that would be kind of funny. I hope it, it does. I should lead to a joke in Deadpool too. Yeah, it leads to. So yeah, so you could check out the the, you know, you could check out the trailer you uh, from Japan, or you could check out. Uh, there's obviously plenty of video game footage from the 3DS game online, and again, Pikachu is talking for whatever reason. This is not Ash's Pikachu. This is just a different Pikachu that uh, is talking. Uh, in English with some dude and they're trying to solve the, you know, the mystery of who's hurting these Pokemon and stuff. And man, this is, I want to, I want to, I, I haven't looked it up, but I, I'm kind of curious who the hell thought of like, let's mix Sherlock Holmes with Pikachu. Let's just match those <laughs> two things together because everyone needs this in their lives. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, uh, our other what the fuck story it has to do, and obviously we saved the best for last, with that thing that everyone has been talking about as of lately, cryptocurrency. Uh, but we're not talking about Bitcoin for once. Uh, we're talking about something called CryCash. Uh, why is it called CryCash? <laughs> not because you'll be crying, uh, but because it's being made by Crytek, uh, the, the developer behind you know Crisis and the CryEngine. Um, those guys. So they are basically uh, partnering. I forget with who. Let's see. Uh, oh, they're uh, it's they're partnering with a startup called Crycash. So the that's the name of the company itself, and they are going to specialize in maintaining and distributing a cryptocurrency geared around the gaming community. What could go wrong? So <laughs> we've had a company that for two years, at least two years in a row, has had a problem paying its own employees. Uh, now trying to start up a cryptocurrency. Uh, yeah, no, I don't. Uh, I, I don't. I don't. I don't like this at all. Don't like this at all. Doesn't look good. The the way that you are going to be earning this currency is uh, by, for example, looking at ads. Or completing certain tasks in games, uh, they're also going to create a social platform uh, around currency to encourage growth. I have no idea what the fuck that means. So they're so, creating Google Ads. They're not creating currency. They're creating revenue. Right. Well, I guess you know they're essentially you get 
currency and or points for looking at their ads. And then I assume you can use those points on Crytek games, which aren't that numerous. I mean, there's a few of them out there, but most of them are pretty old. And I think a lot of people either have them or don't care at this point, right? Like, I don't think anyone needs to pony up the cash for Crisis 2 at this point. You either have picked it up for five bucks on the Steam sale or you don't give a fuck. (laughs) It's very odd. Strange. Very, very strange. It it reminds me of, uh, there's this uh, Adult Swim one-off kind of miniseries thing. You know, like uh, Too Many Cooks? Yes. There there was another thing kind of like that called For-Profit Online University. It's, it's, it's so funny. I I I I, 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 I got to look that up. <laughs> yeah, I demand you guys watch it. I highly recommend it. It's so funny. Okay. But in it, it makes reference to people like does for a living, where like they just they just like select images, you know, like those captures with the image captures. They just do that all day, and they're paid in thought coins. It's like a cryptocurrency, and that's what they do for a living. And that just and Crycash just makes me think that, where it's like people are just gonna be watching ads to make money and like feed their yeah, gaming but, habit or whatever. And and by the way, I should mention that uh, as far as I can tell, Crytek seems pretty serious about this. They have promised to invest eighty percent of its profits from the currency back into the currency itself. I don't, re- again, I'm not really sure what that means. Does that mean that they're going to like buy back the currency from people to increase its value? Or- I guess whatever they make off of it in profit, they just have to recirculate it back into the kind of self-contained economy they're starting. Like it sounds like something they would have to do anyway, not even really like a I mean, promise of it on their part. It's It sounds to me that, what they're going to do is if they make the, a profit off the currency, because here's the thing, right? If if they create more of the currency, then the value of each individual unit will go down, right? So the way you would increase the currency is to buy it back, right? Because then the yeah. value of each individual unit goes up. Um, because let's be honest here. I don't think, you know, like something like Bitcoin has value because people think it has value. I don't think anyone's going to think this this has value. Mm-mm. I don't I don't see that happening. Yeah. So um you're going to need this one. They would kind of need there needs to be more stuff to actually use Crytek on. If like the only thing it's good for is Crytek games like that's not anywhere near enough incentive for people to buy into a currency when like Oh boy, I can buy Crisis Three again, or like it's like, wh- what are they? What are people going to use it for? That's what I'm exactly. getting. That's what I'm not getting. You know? I, I I just hope they're not sending a letter to their employees this year that are like, "Hey, we're not going to pay you for six months currency off the ground." But once it gets off the ground, you saw how Bitcoin did. You're going to be rich, rich, rich. <laughs> good good news, everybody. Good news. All your paychecks will now be exclusively in Crycash. <laughs> we're just going to pay you all in Crycash now. That's right. That's We're right. going to pay you in a currency we invented. Doesn't that sound wonderful? <laughs> it's You're monopoly rich. money. You're, You're rich. rich. Oh, my God. But yeah, Work is its own reward. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Uh, so, unfortunately, that is all the show we have for you uh, this week. Uh, as always, make sure you uh, hit like, subscribe, or comment below. We'd love to hear from you guys. Uh, until next time, I've been your host, Michael Schluger. Josh Irwin. And I've been Connor Howard. Have a great week of gaming. Push a lot of keys for us. We'll see you next week.
This has been a production of the GWW Radio Network. Please don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Also, check out Geeks Worldwide at thegww.com for all the latest news, reviews, and opinions on video games, comics, movies, TV, cosplay, and more. Geeks Assemble!